Hi, you're listening to Chris and Shaz in the Mother of All Roles podcast, two real mums talking about real issues in an attempt to make the ordinary extraordinary. Remember to like, love and share this podcast if you think it's as amazing as we think it is. And if you absolutely love one of our episodes or all of them, pop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. It really helps us to know how we are connecting with our audience. And of course, we want to keep bringing you the best possible content. So let me introduce tonight my co-host, Sharon Halliday, who is author, columnist, Reiki practitioner, angel intuitive, copywriter, speaker and mother to Leo 10 and Eva 6. And I'm Chris Evans, wife and mum to two gorgeous girls, Anna 8 and Kate 5, and founder of Mummy Jobs Australia, delivering services and products to support mums gaining career confidence and advancement. Shaz. Hi everyone. Today we are thrilled, honoured and elated about having the very talented Dan Warburton with us on this episode of Chris and Shaz in the Mother of War Roles. Dan is a speaker, author, online expert and coach extraordinaire, but it wasn't always that way. Ever since Dan was young, he's always been so ambitious that his parents often told him to be realistic. He's been bullied at school, laughed at by his school teachers for bad grades, and then he went on to fail in launching over 30 business ideas. So many years of failing caused him to hit a deep depression and feel angry that the world seemed so unfair. By his mid-30s and after having completed over 200 courses in self-development, leadership and entrepreneurship, he finally began to succeed at creating businesses that now enable him to live the lifestyle he's always dreamed of. Because of all the years he endured in failing before succeeding, he is now on a mission to use his transformational coaching expertise to enable as many aspiring and committed entrepreneurs as possible to also succeed at creating and living their own dream lifestyle. As a result of fulfilling his life purpose, he has now coached over a thousand entrepreneurs and many of these have been single mums with children. His first book, Dream It, Choose It, Live It, went on to be number seven in Amazon bestsellers, which was placed amongst the publications of other giants such as Elon Musk and Richard Branson, while his book is now also recommended by the great Robin Sharma, the world-renowned leadership coach and author of the book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, one of my favourites. As a result of all of this, he is now regularly invited to speak in front of large audiences all over the world. If you want to know more about Dan, you can connect with him at... Uh, his Facebook page, author Dan Warburton, and his website, www.danwarburton.com. And be sure to listen to the end of this episode because there's a special offer that Dan is um, bringing to you and you won't want to miss it. So without further delay, let me give a big, warm Chris and Shad's welcome to the entrepreneur's transformational coach, Dan Warburton. <laughs> thank you so much for the really warm welcome i was just listening to you guys like being really proud mums and announcing the age of your children and their names and i was thinking yeah and i'm dan warburton counting down the last three months of parent free living <laughs> your life's about to <laughs> change forever <laughs> it is about to change forever yeah absolutely yes yes <laughs> it's great to be here in, in a beautiful way, in a beautiful way, Dan. <laughs> get, get yeah, yeah. Uh, ask, ask me that three months after she's born. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's exciting. It's exciting. Um, 
Yeah, it's as I said, you know, as we speak and as we're recording right now, you know, my husband's still putting our second one down and uh, that's life. That's that's parent life and you roll with the punches. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, Dan, I, life, life can lead us down uh, so many different paths and some more empowering than others. And I guess through my personal development, Dan, I have, I guess what I've learned, it's about those deliberate actions that we take. Um, yeah. That are, that are pretty critical and I think that was very apparent to us listening to your intro and um, you know you've talked even in the setup and talking behind the scenes about your transformational journey but can you can you tell our listeners a bit more about what led you to become a transformational coach and um, one particular thing when we were chatting the other day you mentioned that you awoke from your mind is that right and, and can you tell us a bit more about that yeah sure absolutely mm-hmm. Just, just for you guys and new listeners, if you hear a bit of noise in the background, it's because I'm sitting on my balcony by the sea in the south of Malaysia. And next to me here is a swimming pool with children. And, and there's something I love doing is working and watching people play in swimming pools. I, I, I don't know. It's just so if you hear that, that's what's going on. Cool. So you live in the dream. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so what it was for me that caused me to become a transformational coach was because I went through a coaching conversation where the insight I got from that conversation changed the direction and the quality of my life in an unbelievable way. And only later did I realize that that was transformational based coaching that I'd gone through. And so, you know, as you were saying in my introduction, I failed in in 30 business ideas before I started succeeding. And I tried absolutely everything. When I was younger, I was bullied at school, never felt like I fitted in. And those patterns seemed to just go on and on. And I just didn't feel like I fitted in in the world. And I never felt like I had enough time in the day. I always felt like I had to run around and do jobs and be employed doing things that I just really didn't enjoy and could never seem to earn money in a way that I loved, whatever, you know, no matter what I tried or did. Mm. And that was when. I began to really invest every penny I had into coaches, mentors, and other experts to find out why am I struggling so much in life? And then that was when in this conversation with one of my coaches, this was about seven years ago, I went up to London on the last bit of money that I had from the south coast of England, a place called Brighton. And I was at my self-development training center under a company called Landmark Worldwide, I'm sure you know, some of you listeners would have heard of it. Mm. But in this coaching conversation, I was sat across the corner of this little desk with my coach. And I said to him, why am I struggling so much? Why can't I seem to move forwards? And through his skilled questioning, he enabled me to remember something that happened to me when I was three years old. And I was sat in a double push pram with my brother next to me. It was a beautiful sunny day. And my mum came out the shop to give us what she bought, but she ignored me and gave it to my brother. And my brother taken all the love and attention away from me. So to get my revenge, I leant over and I bit his ear really hard. And he screamed out crying and crying and crying. And my, and my father runs over to me and he says, no, you mustn't do that. He's your brother. You must love your brother. And as he did that, my mom went over to my brother and was now comforting him for me having hurt him. And so he was now getting even more love, even more attention. I was being shouted at in a stern way by my father. And now 
passers-by and onlookers were kind of looking at me and I felt really embarrassed. And I got that in that moment, I was thinking, I'm just not good enough. Nobody wants me. Mm, so and powerful. All of a sudden, I realized that I had been operating in my whole life on a mission to ensure that the world never discovered that I wasn't good enough and that I was wanted. And so what happened was I then recognized that I'd been keeping myself at a certain band of success. Mm. So I wasn't letting myself totally fail and go homeless because everybody would discover that I'm not good enough and nobody wants me. But also I wouldn't take the most important actions and I wouldn't, I wouldn't effectively time manage myself. And I would let myself get distracted and I would drift off on social media black holes for hours mm. on end. I would watch hours of Netflix. I would say, God, I so want to write a book. I've got so much to say to the world and nobody's listening. But the truth is I wasn't even writing a book. I wasn't doing any of these things and days were just passing by and I wasn't really succeeding at anything. And this was going on forever. And what I was doing was I was actually keeping myself at that level of lack of success because if I succeeded, I would then have the responsibility of maintaining that success. And I feared that if I couldn't maintain that success, that it would all come crashing down. And again, the world would discover that I'm just not good enough. Nobody wants me. Wow. I reckon a lot of people are going yeah. to be able to relate to that, Dan. I'm listening to you and thinking, wow, it feels like you're just, you're talking to me <laughs> and I'm sure other people will feel that because I think we've all had maybe a similar type of experience where that, and it possibly goes back to childhood for many of us. There's a moment. Um, I won't talk too much about what happened with me, but a similar thing where I was yeah. made to feel like I wasn't good enough. Yeah. Um, just a couple of words from, uh, you know, an authority figure. And that was yeah. enough for me to go into my life as this um, high achieving striving, never arriving kind of mm. person, never being um, satisfied or fulfilled. And even now I'm still learning to break out of that. So that's, I'm so glad you shared that with us. Yeah. Well, well, you see, the thing is, Sharon, is you're self-aware. You're aware that you have that. But I'm guaranteed there's a lot of these listeners now are thinking, that's not me. I don't right. have anything like that. I'm fine. Right. But if I was to say to you, okay, imagine that you're sitting in an audience with a thousand people and you're watching some people on stage and all of a sudden the spotlight gets pushed onto you and the MC runs over to you, gives you the microphone and says, what do you think about this? Are you going to tell me that you're not going to tremble at all? that you're not going to feel even the tiniest little bit of sweat in the palm of your hands. And you're going to pick up the microphone and just start chatting like Nothing's you wrong. are the goddess in the moment. Yes. No, you are going to go white. You're going to freeze and you're going to think, oh my God, why me? What's going on? What do I need to say? Am I going to get it wrong? Will I get it right? If you're experiencing anything like that, then the outcome is, is a subconscious disempowering view of yourself that you're not aware of. The other thing is, is can you walk in in broad daylight, go up to somebody that's really handsome and say, hey, I was just looking at, at you across the cucumbers. And I was just thinking that you move in such a wonderful way. I wonder if you could take me out for dinner because I find you very attractive. If you haven't got the courage to just go and do that and just have fun with it, then again, you're being run by disempowering interpretations of yourself and the world around you. 
Yeah. And so when we really put it in this context, we start to actually become honest with ourselves and realize of all the things that we avoid doing out of a fear of becoming embarrassed, out of a fear of failing, avoiding going on an interview, avoiding writing a book or avoiding getting on stage or avoiding setting up a business because secretly we have a fear that the world's going to discover that we are some disempowered, you know, defected thing. Yeah. And I've discovered this now in having coached over 1000 entrepreneurs that the trick is, isn't to distinguish what the next strategy is or the next business trick. It's actually to distinguish what is the real view I have of myself and the world that I fear that other people might find out about me. Because what happens is, is we then actually avoid taking those actions that are going to make all the difference. And if one of them is to find and implement a strategy, then that's what's going to have us find the right strategy and implement it. It's going to have the courage to go out there, speak to the right people, invest the money that we need in coaches and mentors and whatever to then actually learn the strategies and then implement them. It's never the strategy. It's only ever the mindset behind what we're doing right now. And, and, and this is such a non sexy topic uh, yeah, as totally. like uh, as a transformational coach it's a flipping nightmare to sell this because people just don't get the sheer power that they can break into and tap into because as for me when i distinguish that i've been running my life from i'm just not good enough nobody wants me straight after that i was then able to start taking actions that were calculated they were effective. They were aligned. I started knocking on doors and introducing myself as super damn the handyman. And I knocked on 4,000 doors. And by the time I knocked on 4,000 doors, and I know it's 4,000 doors because I was printing them in batches of 150 flyers a day. And I kept count. So I knocked wow. on 4,000 doors. And by the 4,000th door, my phone was ringing so much with handyman jobs that I never needed to knock on another door again. And I never needed to work for an employer again. And then after that, I was then knocking on doors of big letting agencies and offering full renovation services and then leading teams of people. And I was just saying yes and just taking action to stuff that frightened me. But now I was aware of where the fear came from. I now recognize and I still have it now. And even when I'm speaking to you guys now, even before when you're introducing myself, introducing me to your listeners, I could feel the sweat in the palm of my hands, right? It never goes away. But once you're aware of how your mind works and how your whole brain is wired to have you move away from pain and towards pleasure, yeah. to move away from fear and to move towards safety, and you understand that that's how your brain is wired and that's all it wants you to do, mm. you can then start to ask yourself, right, what is the dream future, the destination that I choose? And what is the most important action for me to take to get me there? And then as you then start to take those actions, you feel the fear, you feel this I don't feel like doing this. I don't want to do this. I want to, I don't want to go on a Facebook live. Yeah. I don't want to post about my life on Facebook. I want to stay at home and binge eat on, you know, chocolate covered popcorn and watch Netflix rather than go in out networking and meet a bunch of strangers that I've never met before and tell them what my business is. You can start to recognize that all of that stuff is all because of these disempowering interpretations that we've created from these past events when we were 
bullied, when we were laughed at, when our parents were strict with us. You know, for a lot of you women, when you were sexually abused, I know so many of my clients have been through that. And those deep wounds that then cause us to not own our power and move forward. Once we're aware that it's just the outcome of an interpretation or a view that we've invented of ourselves, then it's just not true. We can begin to dance with the fear. We yes. can begin to feel the fear and do it anyway. And that is when we start to succeed and achieve results beyond our imagination. And that's what I've experienced. It's, oh, J-Dan, just, whoa, so powerful. So deep. So deep. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> it's good, yes, it's good it though, because we're like, it's, as far as we're concerned, it's just us. We Sometimes it's, it's easy to forget that we've got listeners and I'm. Yeah, and we get so immersed, immersed. in it. It's something that, you know, uh, look, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't want to take too much of myself into here because we want to do this for our listeners, but, you know, I've been through this kind of journey. I've done, you know, I've done the Tony Robbins. I've done the firework. And I think we talked about yeah, that the other brilliant. week. And, brilliant. you know, and it is, look, it's one thing to do that, but it's another thing that you've got to keep, you've got to keep working on it because the mind yeah. is, um, you know, I'm sure you'd attest to it, very powerful, very powerful. Mm. And it can yeah. work in so many different ways and it, it can trick us if we don't work on it and, and, keep exercising the that yeah. that side that you're talking about you know yeah um, totally and, and 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 of course on the other side you know people speak about what you need to do to get a positive mindset you know self-development courses read books by people that are more successful than you and things like that but they don't talk about what you mustn't do yeah and the thing i say to my clients is that there's success is made up of 50 percent transformation 50% of unlearning where you're in the way of yourself and freeing yourself of it. Yeah. But the other 50% is your environment. You, you, you could be going to Tony Robbins events. You could be investing in mentors and coaches. Mm -hmm. But if you then go back to a relationship and you say to your partner, I'm going to set up a business. I'm going to make money by selling hand-woven baby socks all over the world. And they say, you what? Just be realistic. Just cook me dinner and shut up and get on with it. There is no way that you will ever, ever succeed in creating your dream lifestyle or business with that. You just mm. can't. Proximity. That's, that's scary. So you just can't. I feel like in, you're in my head again, Dan. <laughs> like you know, I, I had a similar conversation this evening when, um, again, I won't go into too much detail, but I had a call from my publishers and, um, there was a similar kind of exchange between uh, me and hubby and I'm not going to throw him under the bus by any means because um, I know he believes in me and, and is supportive of me, but that environmental factor is, is so critical that you're talking yeah. about. It's, it's otherwise yeah. it becomes another barrier that you have yeah. to jump over. That's it. And, uh, and I think yeah. and, it, it and, takes and the wind all, out of your sails is what I say to him. It, it, it's like you put a pin in it, you know, and it's yeah, really well done. hard to pull but, yourself back up. But well done for being fully expressed about it, Sharon. And this is the other thing I'd say to, you know, to you listeners out there. If you're in a situation where you're in a relationship that isn't supportive, but you don't say anything, then you're allowing yourself to be bullied. And what's happened is you're not setting and honoring your boundaries. So what we need to do is we need to say, I get that what you've said to me is loving me and I get that you're doing your best, but what you've just said there doesn't empower me. It doesn't uplift me. It doesn't have me feel like 
I'm inspired to just live life and, and, and be my full self-expression. And we need to absolutely say that because they might not be aware of it. Mm. No, that's and fair. That, you know, yeah. we've got to give them the chance. They're yes. not mind readers. So you do have to have that, even if it's a difficult conversation or an awkward conversation, I think it's really important that you can, you know, you're in a partnership for a reason. And I think there'll be so much more respect there if you can at least have, have that communication and, and start yeah. that. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's beyond respect. It's just having the relationship be effective, have the relationship work. In other words, what I would call a successful relationship is a relationship where both people in the relationship have the quality of their lifestyles elevated to new heights continuously. Wow. You know? That's what I would say is a successful relationship. If either of the people in the relationship is feeling knocked down or not empowered or not inspired and isn't feeling like they're being elevated in their skills and their abilities or being able to progress up higher levels of quality of lifestyle, then that relationship is not benefiting that individual, you know? And, and I, you know, I, I don't want to come on here and just go in really hard and aggressive and brutal with, with, you know, with you guys and the yeah, listeners. Sure, sure. But at the same time, you know, I, I think we've really got to speak about this. And, and, and one of the famous sayings is by Jim Rohn. And he says, your life is the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I was in a situation where I was going out drinking and partying and hanging out with people. But if I ever said to them, God, I'm really, I'm really fed up with my employment position, you know, and I've had enough. They'd say, oh, don't worry about it. We got some banging techno on tonight. Let's have a few whiskeys. Have a good night. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, and let's just have a good night tonight. And that's, I thought, was people that cared for me, but that's not. That's people that are not willing to be responsible for the quality of their lives. And because they like that with their lives, they don't want me to start taking responsibility for me in my life because then it's going to cause them to start looking at what's not working in their lives. That's exactly right. No one wants that. No one wants that. And so what happened was when I realized this, I actually bit by bit stopped putting energy into those relationships and started going out networking to events that was frequented by people that were ambitious, that were up to stuff in their lives. And I started to read books because one of the ways of spending time with people that are more successful with us is by reading a book written by them. You mm. read a book by, some, by something written by that, by that person, you're spending time with that person. It's the same equivalent. Yeah. That's a really so, great way of saying it. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, mm. so, you know, even just locking myself in a cupboard and just reading books by, you know, Steve Covey, the seven habits of highly successful people, uh, Richard <laughs> Banson, losing my virginity, uh, my hero's book, uh, Robin Sharma, the monk who sold his Ferrari. Yes. Um, Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad, right, you well, know, all these books, yeah. the whole time you're reading that book, you're spending time with that human being and they start to, literally change the course of your life but it's a very subtle and very deep thing and let me give you an analogy to explain what happens when you start reading these books and spending time with people that are more successful than you if you look at an oil tanker that carries oil across the oceans before they need to turn to hit an island to make sure they go around the island not hit an island they need to turn the the steering wheel or, or, or whatever the the 
the, the levers that change the direction of the rudders on the boat 12 miles before the island. But then they only need to turn the handle, the, the, you know, the, the, the instruments, they need to turn them one degree 12 miles before. And that one degree accumulates over those 12 miles, bit by bit, bit by bit, bit by bit. 12 miles further down the line, that ship has gone far off to the left or far off to the right. So it's only a tiny little movement. It's only a tiny little adjustment. But over time, that builds you into being in a totally different and inspirational future if you've been reading the right content. It's a great analogy. Yes, you know? killer. And, Absolutely. And so if you imagine that every day you're reading just 15 minutes of a book that inspires you, twice an evening you're going out and spending time with other people that are really committed to building businesses, networking, then the rest of the time you've got the odd weekend you can get away you go to a self-development weekend and you submerse yourself and other people that are into self-development and you implement what you learn on facebook you join groups that are you know frequented by other people that are doing empowering stuff and at the same time you're taking energy out of the relationships that don't feed you mm. you're speaking in a straight manner to the people that you're in a relationship with and you're saying look I'm committed to creating and living the best life possible. So I wake up every single day with joy and I've got a big voice and I'm up to big things in the world. And I need you to support me with this. Cause if you're not going to support me with this, this between us is not going to work. So I'm telling you right now, what I need from you is that when I tell you what I'm up to and what I'm doing is that you at least listen to me and give me encouraging words of wisdom to empower me. If you think that what I'm doing isn't effective, then just acknowledge me for what I've told you first and, and, and acknowledge me for my greatness and my courage. Then give me advice. Don't just cut into me. Yeah. So you're having those kind of conversations as well. And then also, as I was saying, you know, you're reading and taking in positive information bit by bit by bit, even without working with a coach or investing in somebody you will begin to gently elevate the quality of your life. And before you know it, you'll start achieving things that will really leave you inspired. That's you know, I love what, advice I can be giving to anyone. I listening. love what you're saying, Dan, because what I'm, I'm hearing is that it's, uh, and uh, Chris hit on it before about these lots of deliberate actions and, and it's sort of keeping that forward momentum going. And, and one of the things we always ask our guests is we're always curious um, how they start their mornings because we feel like um, we believe in that idea that Jim Quick uh, says that if you win the morning, you can win the day. Yeah. And we understand that your routine involves waking at sunrise and incorporating 40 minutes of yoga and 20 minutes of meditation plus a few other um, nice warm and fuzzy things, um, but which is just so amazing that you, you, uh, you treat that time with such um, reverence and respect and you honour that. Now, I know, you, as you've said, you work with a lot of um, single mums and many of our listeners out there might be really struggling to comprehend how they would fit any more into their mornings, even if they acknowledge that, it would be good for them and then it would set them up for the day. So how do you coach your clients in this particular area? And what would you say to our audience about how they could create a morning routine for themselves without adding more pressure or simply more to their to-do list, you know, and not having to get up at four o'clock to get everything done when they're already so stretched in the mornings. I mean, I know I'm speaking for all mothers here. <laughs> yes. Now the first thing I will say 
anybody who's experiencing that is trying to do it all alone. You're right. Wow. What? It's as simple as that. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, oh dear. <laughs> and that individual is avoiding making straight requests of the people around them. Mm. What about if you have a hubby that gets up equally as early and leaves early too for work <laughs> and there's no one else to ask or to delegate to i'm getting okay. into the finer yeah. points of, i'm gonna we're yeah. just gonna play yeah 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 very good very let's good let's play it out <laughs> so i would at that point sit down I, I would request that my client sits down with their husband and tells them what they need from the morning and what they want to do and to ask them how they can do it in a way that works mm-hmm. and it could be that they alternate taking care of the children or getting the children ready so that one morning you get to do a whole hour's routine. The next morning you only get 15 minutes Yeah, and you alternate that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I love that idea, but my partner leaves well before the kids get up, but I'm sure there's ways around this. I right. know keep, keep challenging me with he, this yeah. and he, let's solve this, right? Yes. He would probably say, I might need to get up a bit early, which is probably true because I often think, all right, if he's woken up early for work and, um, and sometimes he goes and does a swim on the way to work or whatever. So he's gone quite early. Um, that would be an opportunity for me to get up because I don't get very good sleep between Got that it. time and when I get up with the kids anyway. So that yeah. could be where I really need to start to change my focus. There's possibly an, an hour of uptime that I might not be harnessing at the moment. I, I can okay. that. And maybe there's things I've heard other mums say they do things the night before to take that pressure off their morning. So, you know, I, I can do, see, yeah. yeah, Chris, you've talked about this for me. Like there are, I definitely feel like there's ways around it. Cause I think what I'm hearing from you is if that morning is so critical to start your day. Um, and if there are certain things that can set up your day, then you really have to make the commitment to that yeah absolutely now isn't it interesting how in this conversation you've shifted and you've begun to see something new what is it what is it in you that shifted that's enabled you to now see that you could well have a whole extra hour that didn't exist before probably just perspective looking at it differently um with a bit of your guidance but also being a bit open to possibilities in this podcast right now i'm maybe thinking and and not and i have to admit um just not thinking of the limits yeah yeah very good that's what i can't do that yeah because i sometimes can be quick to go well like i sort of said at the beginning well he's out early i can't exactly get my kids up at before he goes it's just not physically practical um you know, who's going to wake sleeping children? That's madness. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll, I can get around that. You know, it's, it's probably more putting the focus on what I can physically do with yeah, the time that I've got. Well, I know yeah. that my day starts better when I wake up before my kids. And now I'm going to put my hand on my heart and say I don't do that every day. And there's some days that I'm like, can't get out of bed this morning. Um, when I was doing my 75 hard challenge, I don't know if you've heard of it, Dan, but um, no. it's a, it's a, oh, well, I can't think of the program. It's a program. It's, it's a, it's a mental challenge. Okay. But uh, Google it. Um, 
but it's, it's but you're up you've got two 45 minute workouts a day you've got certain things you've got to get done in your day and then there's more um andy frizzella he's the guy who does it anyway short story is i would uh you know i have to i'd have to get up in the morning before my children to get my stuff done i'd have to get my 45 minute work workout done it was a no uh, it was non-negotiable. Um, and when it became a habit for me, that was a really good thing. Now, I've yeah. broken that habit a little bit recently, but I know that I've done it and I have to get back into it. Um, but so, I, you know, I guess me speaking out to the mums out there, and I, I guess this is possibly what you might say too, Dan, or, or something different, but if you can kind of get up just ahead of them, um, minor five and eight it's a bit easier obviously if you've got a baby things can be a little bit more challenging yes <laughs> as yes. dan will find yeah. out <laughs> yes absolutely i'm by no means saying it's to have, isn't it? Like, yeah i just want to say like to all of you lady listeners out there saying oh yeah but dan hasn't got children yeah you know dan doesn't understand how difficult it is and uh, and you know a lot of the ladies that i coach are single mums with children yeah. who are also trying to hold down a job while setting up one or two businesses. Wow. You know, yeah. they are ladies who are stretched to the absolute limit. And the problem is with this conversation that we're having now is that we're speaking at it from the realm of, I know what I know and I know what I don't know. And then believing that that's the limit and that's the way the world is. But we're totally ignoring the realm of, what it is that I don't know that I don't know. Yeah. And that is where the insights and the transformations come through. You know, if you were to discover an activity, let's just say you all of a sudden got into sailing, but you were two hour drive away from the sea and you really wanted to go sailing, like this feeling was ran through you like a bolt of fuzzy warm lightning that just you just had to do this <laughs> and you said to your husband sweetheart i've really got to go sailing i've really really got to go sailing please can we find a way we can go sailing how can we do this how can we do this how can we do this hey kids how would you like to start sailing oh you don't want to go sailing okay well how about we go for a drive and we find some activity that you love to do outdoors come on let's just try it let's just try it let's just try it come on we're going sailing we're going sailing hey have you heard i've taken up sailing hey i'm going sailing tomorrow and you say this to absolutely everyone and everywhere you go are you telling me that you're not going to find a solution and a routine and a way of taking up and learning sailing. Right. So you've got to find that fire, right? If, if, if getting up in the morning is important to you and starting new things, new routines is important to you, you've got to tap into that fire. Yes, but it's never the routine. It's never the yoga. It's never the practice. It's what that makes possible. The feeling. The, the, well, it's like, it's what, doing that makes possible and then how right. when that's become possible makes you feel right okay put it this way my yeah. dream is to design and build a home in the south of spain with a 360 degree viewing tower with sea views over the mediterranean and a veranda that seats 36 people so that i can have colleagues entrepreneurs and top people fly in to stay with me for three day long weekends so that we can dine together from my veranda as we watch the sunset. 
Oh, can you that, pick us? Please pick us. Behind that is 12 small outbuildings, and each outbuilding has a double bed and two single beds with a shower, so then they could stay there in these little outbuildings that have circular wall designs. Parked out the front is a Ferrari 458 Spider in black, and I'm invited to speak each month to different events around Europe. And I'm winning awards for the results that my clients get. The feeling of that lights me up so much every single day that I know that my routine must reflect actually creating that. Because if my routine does not wow. reflect creating that, it's not going to happen. That's, ca- that's cold. That I need to create that has to be waking up at sunrise, 40 minutes yoga, 20 minutes meditation, and for me, it's a totally vegan lifestyle, no colorings, no preservatives, no cake, no chocolate, wow. to be able to live that high level of performance and feel good factor day in, day out, that has me consistently move forward to then creating and actually living that lifestyle. And wow. it's getting to the point now where I know where I'm gonna buy the land, I know how much it costs, I know what it takes to put the down payment on the Ferrari 458, I know how to create my structures. I know the events I'm going to be speaking at. The whole thing is in a way of being right here today. And that includes the morning routine. Right. That is so gold. That is just, I knew I was wearing gold for a reason tonight. Right? Yes. So all of a sudden now we're not talking about, oh, what can I speak to my husband about and how can I shift around this and that? It's like, forget that kind of a conversation. That plan. That's bullshit basically. Yeah. Yeah. What is the dream lifestyle and what are we creating today? And what requests do we need to make of people around us and yeah. of ourselves to, and get what there. to get there? Oh, that's it's, it. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of reminds me of that, um, you know, through some stuff I've done, like you need to become, you almost need, you need to be and live as the person you want to become. Yes. That's the, the, that's kind of the premise that I'm getting from you. You there, will, you will create the future that you're being today. Yeah. You will create you the, future the future that you're future being today. That you're being today. Yeah. Mm. So are you being, Oh, I don't know how I can fit this in. Oh, my husband's a bit painful and difficult around this and he leaves early. What is that kind of way of being and what future is that going to create? Well, that's excuses, isn't it? Yeah. If you like, whatever. It's just whatever. a way of being. Yeah. And that's the kind of future that's going to create, right? It, it yeah. kind of reminds me of a conversation I had with my mother when we were living out in Griffith. And I, it was before I'd finished, uh, before I'd written the first um, book, Messages from the Heart. And I was uh, a columnist at the time for the Area News. Um, so I did have a writing gig, as asked Sharon. But she came into the um, my office one day and I was in my pyjamas. It was, I think it was close to midday. And she said to me, and I was having a bit of a whinge about something like, oh, this book's not getting written, blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, um, no offence, but do you think this is what a writer, like a real writer looks like when they're, they're writing are you acting like a real writer here you know and I'm like oh gee you know like and and (laughs) what she was saying is that you know you probably need to clean your act up a bit here because you're not really acting like a published author yeah so um you know I'm not saying like I'm sure there's authors out there that do their work in their pajamas but you know I I I got what she meant you know like you kind of have to fake it till you make it sometimes in that or you put that um persona on or that outfit and that um takes you to another level yeah gets you to where you want to go 
Yeah, I think that term, fake it till you make it, it's a little bit gray. Right. What, what it really means is you need to be how you need to be to ensure that you're going to succeed today. That doesn't mean that you don't feel defeated some days, you don't feel tearful, yeah. you don't feel that nobody's listening to you. We've got to learn to balance this acknowledging our internal noise, our internal experience, and if need be, speaking it out and getting in communication around it, but also always recognizing that it is only that. It's internal noise. It's yeah. internal chatter. It's feelings, and they're going to come and go and move. Thoughts. But unless we mm. put pen to paper, the book isn't going to get written. Correct. Some days I don't feel like doing it, but I've set in my scheduler that between 7am and 7.30, I'm going to do 30 minutes of uninterrupted writing of my book. Love it. That's it. I do it. Right. Yep. And it might sound like you're bullying yourself and being military with yourself and being hard with yourself, but actually... What will your lifestyle look like in the next three years if you don't take on that routine and you continue with the one that you're doing now? Now ask yourself, which one of those two is more loving with yourself? Yeah, it's, it's like that saying, a year from now, you will wish you had started today. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, it can be so um, easy you know, like I just said before, to make excuses, um, you know, to not do that third, honour that 30 minutes and, uh, you know, damn many fall into this trap regularly that, I mean, yeah. clients that I work with as well, you know, they hang in their job that they hate and then they call me mm. three months later and they say, hey, I'm still in the job that I hate. Um, maybe I'll get some coaching on how to get another job now, like all the job that I yeah. love, you know. <laughs> okay, yeah, no yeah. worries. Um, and I, I guess, you know, uh, you know how, how, is, how is it that people can get out of that victim state? I see it as a victim state at times, yeah. and maybe that's yeah. what you might say too. Um, I, I loved what you said um, in our pre-chats, and, and I quote, if I may, being is something we are in control of. I thought it was quite... Uh, just really sat with me. It's, it stayed with me. Yeah, that 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 in that in truth we don't have control over anything in our lives. We haven't got control over when our five-year-old is going to smash one of our grandmother's plates, or mm. you know, or <laughs> and, and and the rest of it, and, and and the mood our boss is in, and yeah. taxes we need to pay, and you know, our husband's, partner's grumpy moods, whatever it is, you know, we, we have no control over that. But the only thing we do have control over is how we're being, how we respond to a circumstance or a situation. And we can either say, my husband's really grumpy and difficult and there's nothing I can do about it. Or I can ask myself, what is it that I need to do? Or how can I communicate to my husband to have him get me and understand me and what I want to create and why it's so important to me so that I can get him on my side. And what is it that I need to do for him to help him achieve what he wants to do so that we become a real team in this called our marriage? Mm. Yeah. yeah, I like that reciprocal. That yeah. You've really got to look got at it be. like that mutual. It can't but, be a one-way street. Yeah, but have a look. It's not the action. It's the being. Right. It's moving from being, he's painful, he's annoying, he's difficult, to being, okay, what can I do to make all the difference in my circumstance and my situation? You know, I, I want somebody say yeah. that there's the answer to every problem 
written somewhere in print in the world. Mm. There's an answer to every problem written somewhere in print in the world. So if you're dealing with something, start to research it and find out, because I guarantee you somebody with whatever block or challenge you're dealing with right now has found a solution, broken through it and resolved it. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. And all you need is to be in the right mindset to want to solve it and to find the key that's going to unlock the door and break, enable you to break through what you're dealing with now to get you to the next level. And again, this is realms of being, shifting realms of being. And yeah. coming back to your, your question, Chris, how does somebody shift out of, you know, being stuck and into moving things forward? Yeah, yeah. Really, when we're that stuck, the only way is to get into conversation with somebody that's skilled at guiding us to shift our perspective, to shift how we're viewing the world. And this is why I'm so committed to transformational work. Because if we're playing small, if we're not taking important actions, and if we're staying stuck in routines that are unfulfilling and we're not genuinely creating and moving towards living our dream lifestyle, then it's because we're fearing something's going to happen if we take action. And that's either a fear of success or a fear of failure. And in either cases, there's a fear of like, if I fail, what are people going to think of me? Yeah. They're going to find out that really I'm, not good enough, not wanted, that I'm a failure, that I suck, that I'm, that's it, and all of that. And maybe it's a fear of success and that I can't keep it together and I can't handle this responsibility because I'm not clever enough, I'm not smart, you know, whatever else it is. And really what's going on is there's just some disempowering story that's running us, that's Mm. causing us to just not be effective. And we must do the inner work to find out what that is, awaken to it, and awakening to it is simply becoming so aware of it that we see what it is. We see it's just a way of thinking that doesn't serve us anymore. And then we begin to free ourselves of it. And then that has us move out of being in stuck routines and then begin to really succeed. It's interesting, you know, I, uh, like I'm working with, with mums on that career space and, and uh, the confidence drops after they've left work and then they've wow, had um, yeah, yeah, yeah plummets you know so it's usually confidence coaching that i do but um you know i i I talk to them about usually uh most of the time it's about trying to get them to change the story that they're telling themselves about a previous situation in a workplace that has happened that they're taking that on you know they're bringing that through which is kind of a bit of the thread of what i'm getting from you just with what you're saying there dan you know it's those thoughts equal beliefs and then you know that's what we are like but when you look at that deeper it's not just the last event that's not their confidence yeah because you'll you'll find that there'll be event that happened before that where they had the same feeling there'll be an event before that they had the same feeling and there'll be a whole series of linear moments in their lives where they've experienced the same feeling Mm -hmm. and some people might feel it whenever they go to uh, speak to somebody that they like or they fancy to go out on a date Or maybe they get the feeling whenever they're about to have to speak in front of a group of people. Or maybe they get the feeling whenever they're about to be examined or judged or, or, or have, you know, some kind of paperwork or their work looked over. And it's a familiar feeling that we all have. We know that feeling. We all have it Mm. around the same similar kind of events. And that's a clue that there's something that's subconsciously running us that's causing us to not take whatever important action is on the other side of that, that then will have us really be able to succeed and create amazing things. And 
even on a really fundamental level just at home it might be not saying to our partner you know what you've just said there crushes me it makes me feel like i'm not good enough and i'm not loved by you you know a lot of people i think are too fearful of saying these things because they don't want to be a burden and they don't want to rock the boat of the person (laughs) that they're in the relationship with yeah why because we fear that then they're going to say oh you're a nightmare you're too difficult and then we feel like i'm not loved 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 wanted not good enough worthy that's it then it's all that again you see it becomes that self-fulfilling prophecy that self-fulfilling prophecy vicious circle again so you know if we really want to succeed, the secret is, is taking powerful and effective action. Full stop. I don't care how into law of attraction people are, but even the law of attraction, funnily enough, has the word action in it. Yep. You still got to do something. It's all action. Now, if we're not taking action, we've got to distinguish why we're not taking action. Yep. And it always comes back down to these subconscious disempowering views that we have that's actually running us and we don't know that they're running us. And that's, that's where the keys to massive success lie. Because I've had many conversations, transformational coaching conversations with my clients. I've got something called the seven point transformational mandala. It's a process that I take my clients through and it enables them to distinguish what do they subconsciously think they are and think they're not, that they've created from past events where they were emotionally challenged and then awaken up and out of it and free themselves of them and then be able to experience a whole new level of freedom in taking actions that are really powerful and effective. And I've done this again and again and again. And instantly I had people just from that one transformation start to take actions and start to express their feelings to their partners, start to tell people about the businesses they want to create, start to actually plan, start to study, start to spend time with the right people and, and genuinely start taking actions that then really have them advance forwards and create those wonderful things they've always wanted in their lives. Really, that's the key. It's like you unlock something, you facilitate that unlocking of something within them with that process. And then once they start taking that action, I would imagine it's not too long before they start seeing results, which can have a positive effect. That's it, yes. It's like when you go to the gym and and I I know this has just recently happened with me, suddenly things are starting to change and clothes are starting to feel better and the (laughs) the scale's moving in the right direction. Not that it's all about the numbers, but, you know, it's just there's indicators that we hang on to with things like that. I think that's still important. Um, And it's made me feel uh, so much better about myself by getting back into my exercise program. Uh, which I didn't ever think I'd say. I've, I've got to say that. My brother-in-law is the owner of the gym. So, <laughs> you know, they're, they're very supportive in there. Shout out to uh, Shane and Jess. But, um, yeah, I've noticed that when I start to see the results, it uh, has that, oh, I want to go again and again and again. And yeah. it's not about creeping into the addiction side of things. It's just that action gets results is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and speaking of that, like you've tapped into a lot of things that is, is um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. really a poignant for me today. I know Chris is feeling it as well, yeah. but my, my <laughs> inner nerd is going to take center stage now as I reveal that on my bedside table, I currently have the books, Productivity Power and Organized for Success. 
So, no, you will not see Fifty Shades of Grey, but <laughs> rather you'll have books. I have these books on time management. You, you mentioned Covey. I've got all of the Coveys. Um, oh, wow. Loving, loving Jeff Sutherland's The Art of Doing Twice the Work in Half the Time. Um, working Smarter, Not Harder. Okay, I'm setting this up here, guys. Wow. So, so Chris, so, knows, Chris knows this is an area that I study regularly. Like I'm trying to crack some code. Um, but let me tell you, there's only enough room for one detective in this household. So um, here's the thing. I still struggle at times with blocking out distractions, not succumbing to other people's agendas, procrastination, mm. uh, the big P, um, self-sabotaging, and even filling my schedule with things like um, altruistic seemingly positive activities uh being generous to other people and then i wonder why i don't have enough time to work more on my business or myself so do you have any hot tips um and i suspect it's going to come back to subconscious beliefs again but um you know tips for women who feel you know they're drawn in all different directions and they have so much on their daily to do i mean i'd love you to say there's this um this magic ball of, of information about how to be more effective with your time or productivity, how to get results and things like that. But there's obviously from what you've been saying to us so far, I get the feeling again, there's something deeper going on there. <laughs> yeah. Am I right? It's not yeah. just about using your time more effectively, right? Um, no, because if it was just about that, we'd be doing it. Yeah, right. Yep, because the books would be telling me what to do and I'd be doing it. it. Well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Now, I don't know how open you are to this, but would you like to do a bit of coaching work right now? And we'll Let's find do it. You up for this? Yeah, look, okay. hey, so we're here. Really great. Like, and I just acknowledge you, Sharon, for just being so courageous. Like, viewers, this lady's got big heart and big courage too. you're going to say something else then <laughs> she does she does dan big, big <laughs> lady once i don't know it, it's the heart that makes a difference in this okay Thank so you. let's keep it with that yeah heart and so, hustle. so you said that there's something you find yourself being drawn into letting yourself be distracted to do things that are almost philanthropic did you say got it yeah, it's like helping others, yeah? Yeah, and I, I suppose it did, it became exacerbated given what we went through with the bushfires and that's how I really became very self-aware that, okay. okay, that ramped up to another level and okay. I've, I've pulled back from that now and I'm regaining my energy and boundaries, but there, I can see that it's a pattern within me. Very good. So. To, to do lots of things for other people before myself and then get very frustrated and unfulfilled. Very good. Very good. Got so it. when you feel like doing things for other people, you have a feeling to step in to do that. Yep. So you also have a feeling about not doing that. Yep. Mm. Mm. What's going to happen if you don't take that action towards helping someone? Mm. Wow. And the answer to that question what's going to happen if you don't take that action towards someone will be answered by Shaz in our second part part two a whole new inspirational future with Dan Warburton where Dan guides Shaz through an impromptu coaching session live and it results in 
an epic breakthrough. We will see you over there very soon.